Hello, and welcome to Co-Articulation, the podcast where we explore Baldwin Wallace University and Playhouse Square's production of Bars. I am one half of your hosting team, Daniel Ruffing. And I'm the other half, Sarah McCord. Together, Dan and I will be interviewing people involved with the production of Bars, which stands for beatboxing, acting, rapping, and singing. And today, we have a very special guest. The day this specific episode is releasing will be the premiere date of Bars, so we're recording this ahead of time. But we are honored to be interviewing the director and the creative genius behind this whole production. He is an alumnus of Baldwin Wallace University, has performed and coached with Freestyle Love Supreme Academy, and currently works as the interim head of improv at Off Mic Comedy School, which is the nation's first all-virtual comedy school. As Dan mentioned, he is the director of Bars, and the whole reason we're doing this. He is none other than Jay Ellis. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Oh, we are so excited to have Jay on the podcast today. This is like our extra special guest. So, Jay, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you are involved with as far as bars goes? Well, I am, I guess, the creator, conceiver, developer, director, if you will. Um, this is, you know, my art baby. I uh, was approached by Vicky back in the summertime to talk about, um, that's Victoria Bussert, the program yes. head of, of the musical mm -hmm. theater program at Baldwin Wallace University. Um, and I uh, was approached about potentially doing some kind of work with the program involving improvisational musical theater, specifically focusing on the freestyle rap um, work that I have been doing with organizations like Freestyle Love Supreme Academy and Off My Comedy School and just my various own endeavors and my own artistic uh, development and, and career. Um, and so this was like a great idea to come in and do some work with the students. But um, as we evolved our conversation and we were speaking about creating something that could be foolproof in case of any kind of change in COVID protocol or pandemic issues, um, that we needed to create something that could be safe and preserved um, regardless. And so that actually then evolved into this could be a production because I have fully been able to transform myself into a virtual performing artist with the help of amazing, amazing um, different productions with Freestyle Love Supreme and other, and other groups uh, that would create something for us to do at BW in case of a change of the protocol in the wind. And this was in the summer, so we thought things were going to be open again. Um, and so that got my wheels spinning about bars and bars kind of was something that I thought of for a very long time. Um, the origins of it kind of come from my early days when I was at BW, I was uh, watching someone rehearse a very technical ballet moment. And at the same time, I had my headphones in and I remember it was playing T-Pain and it, the person who was dancing was like specifically moving to this T-Pain song. Oh. And I was like, man, I wonder what would happen if both of those worlds collided, like this super classic art form with modern hip hop. And so that was like my original thought process of bars. So as Vicky and I discussed doing a show with the kids, my mind immediately went to that concept. Wow, that's actually interesting because um, like I'm a creative writing minor. So part of what we do and like is like the senior semester for everyone. So like it's capstone projects. And like one of these is seminar and creative writing where we talk about hybrid pieces or what is also known as genre queer. So things that mix different genres of, of anything. And I think like bars is, like exactly what 
we have been studying in that class, like hybrid pieces, genre queer pieces. What's your interpretation of that? First of all, I love that phrase genre queer. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, and yes, bars is definitely living in that intersection. Um, bars, I think, defies genre because it is every genre. Yeah. And I think that's a common misconception for hip hop. People are like, oh, hip hop music. And I'm like, okay, what do you think hip hop music is? And mm -hmm. people don't even realize that hip hop is a culture. Hip hop is a movement. Hip hop is beyond just movement. There are five different elements to hip hop. Rapping is just one of them. Um, we're dealing with a majority of them. We're dealing with beatboxing. We're dealing with rapping. Um, there's also graffiti. There's also breakbox dancing. And there's also b-boys. There's also DJing. Those are the five elements of hip hop. Yeah. So all everything within that world is hip hop. So if you have someone um, dressed as three Albert Einsteins rapping about chemistry and there's a DJ in the background, one of them is beatboxing and the other one is using a Sharpie to draw an Einstein graffiti tag going on, you have more elements of hip hop than your average hip hop song going on. And I'm sure that their rhyme scheme and sound would be very different than what you would hear on a gangster rap station, you yeah. know, gangster rap quotation marks. So I think that hip hop often gets pigeonholed into like a specific genre, but there are so many genres of hip hop. Also bars is cross, you know, pollinating and hybrid into very much the musical theater world. This is yeah. still very much a musical theater story. There will be musical theater songs in style. There will be lots of legit singing and actual sung things paired with the hip hop that will be happening. Um, in beatboxing and rapping that will also be collabed and collided together with other styles of music within musical theater and hip-hop like latin inspired sounds country and western inspired sounds all of those things are within hip-hop and within musical theater they're not mutually exclu exclusive so we want to explore all of that we're just going to have a big genre orgy wow See, okay, like I already knew all of that, but like just hearing you talk about it and like how excited you are about it, it's just like so unique and it, like it's nothing <laughs> that BW has ever done before. Yes, this is exciting. Um, you know, I remember being a part of different um, student-led projects when I was at BW that were interesting and, uh, you know, switched up a lot of things and meshed a lot of, you know, different genres and different uh, culture and counterculture collaborations. Like I was around when um, James Penka uh, conceived BW Beatles and, you know, so many different things that have become staples. But one thing that I, I agree, I have not seen anything um, in this improvisational aspect, nor um, using hip hop as a mechanism. So I'm really excited to be a part of that. Oh, that is so exciting. So like, what should audiences, I guess, expect who like have no idea what to expect as far as like, maybe this is their first music theater performance. This is their first, you know, production ever, especially in a virtual setting. Like how, what should audiences look for when they're, when they're watching bars? So I think that that's actually my favorite kind of audience member for this, because Definitely. if you are a veteran musical theater audience member, you're going to see something new that you're not used to. And if you are a veteran hip hop 
you know, or freestyle rap performer, you're going to see something new that you're not used to. And if you are right in the middle, you're still going to see something new that you're not used to seeing. Um, first of all, it will be done entirely with a streamed audience, but the performances will be live in their each in their own studio. So we're operating completely safe with COVID protocol, but this will be live singing, live music, and live acting being streamed. Um, so this will be a real life show. Also, this will be a different show every time. We have four unique casts. We have a company of actors, um, six actors per show. Uh, we have 14, including two swings. So each individual performance will not only have a new mixture of the company, but will be a new show as far as content goes. Also, you will be able to relate to this music as we are literally trying to hit as many time periods of music from the introduction of Baroque sound to what the future of hip hop and musical theater in our opinion could be. So there within lies a myriad of interesting things sonically for people to grab to. Not to mention there will also be traditional jazz musical theater choreography and hip hop choreography happening in this improvisational piece. It sounds like I am talking madness, but I guarantee <laughs> you this will all be happening. Oh, that is just so exciting. Like I have never experienced anything like this. I, Sarah, I can imagine you haven't either, especially because you've worked on a lot of shows, Sarah. So like, is this anything that you have worked on before? Definitely not. Yeah, this is completely different from anything I've ever uh, worked on before, both the improv comp like part mm -hmm. of it and also kind of like being virtual but also being live i think is something that a lot of people are really starving for right now a lot of virtual pre-recorded content exists but having this kind of live space is really new and exciting um and kind of hearing you talk about how hip-hop is so vast and there are you know so many different elements to bars the show kind of got me thinking about what you were looking for when creating the company, you know, what were you looking for during the audition uh, process and during the callback process? Um, and did any of the things that the students do really surprise you through those those different parts of creating the company? That's a wonderful question, Sarah. And that's a question that I could actually answer for hours because so much of what I have designed for the structure of this show and so much of the spirit and energy and inspiration that has evolved is specifically from those original auditions callbacks and continued to evolve with the more artistry and amazing heart and personality that we learn from each other in this cast every rehearsal. Um, I really, really think that in the original audition process, I was expecting a few people to be decent freestylers um, I was, of course, expecting everyone to have a gorgeous voice. That is one thing that the BW Conservatory is known for. <laughs> As and the musical Right, right. And the musical theater program did not let down at all. I, I, heard, I heard like 50 beautiful, beautiful voices come in and share great, great songs over uh, the, the two days of the original auditions. But what I didn't expect was people who took this to the next level. We had students who came in with pre-recorded tracks that they had created their own beatboxing over and then played piano live and sang their own accompanied music. I had artists who came in self-accompanying on multiple instruments, guitar, um, 
who were rapping over their own guitar beats, things like this that I just really, really wasn't expecting. Um, and that was like above and beyond. Also, um, one of the prompts for the audition was compose your favorite nursery rhyme or child story over a 16 measure beat. Oh, and I wow. gave them two instrumentals to pick from. And so there were some people who really went on to like telling the sequel to Humpty Dumpty or giving yeah. like what happened after they got grandma out of the wolf's belly, you know, different mm -hmm. things like that, which were really, really interesting. Um, and then, you know, in the callback scenario, this was truly amazing. Um, the music directors blew my mind with their original auditions and callbacks. Each of them were to compose a mashup of music taking something from the classical period and or the Baroque period even and mashing it up with a modern day hip hop song or a classic hip hop song. And the responses that we got were phenomenal. I mean, these these music directors really, really showed out. And there are some who aren't involved. I wish I could have kept a music choir. You know, there were just mm -hmm. there's so much talent going on. But their improv actually inspired the entree act of the show. So that's another thing that came from the callback and audition scenario. And just so many, so many, so many more things that will be in the actual production itself um, just sprang up from the life and the amazing, unique artistry that uh, the students were bringing into this room. I'm saying students and I'm saying kids in this, in this callback because I'm referring to the specific cast. But honestly, when we work together from the moment that they've come into their auditions until up to now at every rehearsal, uh, I'm getting nothing but, you know, 17 extreme professionals, 20, including my stage management, um, that walk into the room and are ready to go more so than most of the New York professionalism that I've been exposed to since graduating. So it really is working with a group of talented adult professionals that continue to pour into and inspire collaborative creation throughout this project. Wow. Yeah. And it seems like such a great way to really let your creativity, you know, go like with improv, being able to work as a team to creatively, you know, create something not to say create twice, but create something completely new and different, I think is really exciting. Yeah, totally. It is. And the art of improv and the, the number one rule of improv is yes. And, you know, say mm -hmm. yes and then build upon an idea presented. Um, and the yes ending is fearless. So we're really able to dive into more of the intricate details of our improv. And that was a great uh, gift to be able to start there. For the last month, uh, we did Bars Boot Camp, which was just skill-based work on basics of improvisation, basics of musical theater improvisation, and basics of freestyle rap and beatboxing which evolved into a song creation workshop and working on doing things like that in preparation to our actual rehearsals, which just started yesterday. Um, in fact, tonight, uh, the cast is in choreography for the opening number with Greg Daniels. Um, oh, wow. and, and we've come up with amazing COVID safe ways to have rehearsals digitally. And for the times that we do meet in person, everyone is so isolated and it's, it's we really created a safe space and I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think that's like one of the big things, like just thinking about the past year with like the pandemic and like what it's presented for the theater world. I mean, obviously it's been devastating for it, but 
at the same time, you know, here at BW, we did the virtual production of Spring Awakening. And that allowed all of like the MT students to learn, you know, what it might be like on like a film set or something and like get those behind the camera skills. And now we have bars, which is doing similar things, but now we're also getting these like improv skills and which are great for like, even if you're not in a classroom, like in a, a stage setting, like it's great for giving speeches or public presentations. And like just thinking about how maybe this wouldn't have happened without the pandemic, it just really puts everything into perspective. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I was saying this to a, a close friend of mine and it was that, you know, truly this, I'd say like specifically the last six months, but um, even longer than that has been a real um, surreal lifetime experience where due to the pandemic, so many other opportunities have presented themselves that normally um, maybe would not, you know, if we weren't in this place of exploring virtual options would an improv show been on the books for the spring you know we don't mm -hmm. know there could have been more of a traditional musical theater book musical that was you know available that would have been on the docket um also would we be in this space with all of us exploring so much more technology to even think oh we could do a show completely virtual and stream and have these different moments that we normally apply to live television be applied to theater yeah. um, and so many different collaborations being able to meet and work with people across the country i mean i conduct my living room rehearsal in harlem for a cast of you know 14 students in on campus in berea yeah. so it's you know things like that we just haven't even considered before and I think that it's going to revolutionize the work we do forward even so. For example, who's to say that I can't direct a piece or participate in a piece of theater across the country for the first month and then come join it for in real life rehearsal or in real life, you know, performances later for yeah. any kind of live performance. So I think not only has the work from home phase affected the corporate world, but I really do think it's greatly changed the theatrical world. And in a time of such great loss and and sadness and, um, you know, really strange things going on in the world with the pandemic, we've all suffered so much loss. I, you know, I lost my, my pops this year and I've lost an aunt this year. We've all lost people, but we've, we've also gained a new sense of community um, and that is something to celebrate and something that I'm most excited about the process of working on this and the process of sharing it with everyone through our streaming. Yeah. So you kind of touched on it already in your response, but like one of the questions that we were really curious about is like, if we weren't in the pandemic and obviously like we don't know if we'd be doing the show at all, but if we weren't in the pandemic and we were doing the show, would you do it differently? And if so, how, or do you think it, it is at its best as it is like in this virtual setting? I think bars in this virtual setting is as evolved of the art form as it can be. If we're thinking of meshing theater and live performance, specifically this style of live performance into an art form that will go to infinity and beyond to be cliche, that has a longevity and a future projectile to grow and evolve. And I, and I say that because I don't think I would ever want to go back to a scenario where shows aren't being streamed as well. 
the mm -hmm. gift of people being able to participate in a virtual audience is something that we never have to leave. So that being said, I think that bars has hit its fully evolved technological art form, but I am a truly trained, you know, live performance musician and actor and artist. And there's something about all of us being together and a group energy that we can feel that's palpable. And we feel that because we're able to get in person and perform this as a cast in person. Mm -hmm. But I do long for the days when we'll be able to feel the audience energy back at us. And I think that at least in this style, we're able to know an audience is there. But my ideal structure would be a hybrid in yeah. which we're doing this live on stage for everyone. And it also is being streamed and the technological work is being done on the outside. So in a sense, it would be, feel like a throwback to old sitcom or variety show taping okay. where the American audience is getting what's happening uh, you know, in general through an edited video filter, but the live studio audience is getting the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of going off of that, would you mind telling us a little bit about your career, kind of how you got into working with Freestyle Love Supreme uh, and maybe any advice you'd have for people that are looking to get into the directing, even the improv comedy world that you work in? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I laugh just because I'm like advice, you know, it's so funny when you get to phases in your career where people are like, you know, advice on how to secure it. And I'm like, I literally just didn't get off of the Bronco. I'm sore. I got bumps. <laughs> I got bruises. And I don't know how long I keep riding it, but you don't quit. Um, yeah. That's the first way I can jump into that conversation, you know? <laughs> It's just, there's, it's full of so many ups and downs. And um, I don't want to say like, you know, times of success and failure, because I, things that people have considered failures have literally built my quotation mark mm -hmm. success moments. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But I can speak to my specific journey and uh, maybe that will help at least give guidance to folks um, as to how to go about continuing to ride the beast. <laughs> um, as, as far as improvisational uh, music goes, I grew up in um, the, you know, more African-American black culture based church. So that's just full of musical improv from start mm -hmm. to finish. I think that was like my base as far as improv goes. But when I got to be about middle school, high school, all the guys were freestyle rapping at the lunchroom table. We make a beat on the table. We rap over it. You say little quips. Sometimes you're dissing each other. Sometimes you're having fun. It's called a cypher. It's a, you know, a free flowing uh, group of people creating artistry in, you know, a cyclical format. So passing around music, passing around beats, passing around rap. Um, is where I first started getting really deep into it. And that was the early 2000s. And by, you know, all means, this had been going on pretty strongly for 30 years at that point. Um, but that is when I like first grabbed my teeth in it. And then there was an educator where I'm from, uh, Toledo, Ohio. His name is David Bush. And he literally had a hip hop coalition, which used the five elements of hip hop to speak to youth and get them involved in activity and service and community service and things. And okay. so we, I really got into hip hop culture then, more so than just like what's on the radio, learning about KRS-One, Africa Bambada, you know, getting into the roots of what hip hop came from and things like that. 
Um, so I, that's where I think my passion and my um, fervor for the hip hop culture became uh, really prevalent. Um, and then shortly after that, I uh, was into sports and got into musical theater and the musical theater took off and I went to college and I you know, went to BW and I, I always kept freestyle rap and hip hop collaboration as a side moment though, um, mm -hmm. even at BW, anytime we could, we used to have this group, a couple of us in the musical theater program back in the day called the Bongo Broom Room because there was a dorm room that had like a big giant broom and my friend's bongo in it. And then it was so bare bones other than that. It looked like a, you know, a hobo shack with a, with a drum and a, and a broom and a computer. And we were just sitting there and make, you know, music and rap songs about the program, about people, about BW, you know, we just, it was an outlet. Um, and, you know, continued my training at BW and moved on to New York. And when I got to New York, I, I found, oh, wow, there's an actual musical improv scene. There are classes to take that teach people how to do these crazy little things that I've been doing on my own or with friends for so long. And I also found like, oh, wow, there's like technique to this. There mm -hmm. are structures and there's a study to how this, you know, improvisation, improvisation works, just like to improvisational acting. So I started taking classes at the Magnet Theater and I took like UCB and a few other musical improv classes. Um, and then at the same time, my acting career was starting to do some different things as far as musical theater and acting world goes. So balancing that at the same time was uh, a lot of you know fun and crazy early times in New York where I felt like I was undergoing this new level of schooling working on my improv as well as pursuing my beginnings of my acting career in the city. Um, and you know, just I think like there's I think there are two type of actors that move to New York. There are your actors that get there and boom, pop and then they keep going or you know boom, pop at least for a while and they have that instant success. And then there are those of us that have more of a climb, 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 you know? So around my mid mid of that journey, I kind of stopped having a lot of movement in my acting um, stage career, a um, few gigs here and there and a few gigs commercially here and there. So I really was able to dive into that side of my artistry, creating, rapping, teaching lessons, coaching students, cultivating my educational aspect and my instructional aspect, truly understanding how to teach people how to improvise, how, improvise, how to teach people how to freestyle rap and how to really help them unhinge that part of their brain that um, keeps us inhibited. Um, and then, you know, things just begin to fall into place. After that, opportunities led. I had started picking up with more acting gigs. I, you know, had different things present themselves as far as people reaching out for coachings and instruction and, you know, artists beyond my belief who I thought, wow, you want me to help you do this? All right, let's do it. <laughs> um, and, and also, you know, Hamilton was a huge gift, not just trying and you know, having another art form to be a part of, but um, also people needed coaching on how to rap for musical theater. Sure. All of these musical theater artists had no clue where to start with this material for a second. And I was like, oh yeah, come on, let's do it. This is my home base. <laughs> so I started, you know, getting a little bit more traction there around 2015. Um, and, you know, things just kept evolving. About a year and a half ago, two years ago, I was in between shows. I did a show at the Signature Theater um, uh, called Black Hole Wedding. And I was looking for another outlet, a class I wanted to take. It had been a while. Um, and Freestyle Love Supreme was 
offering an academy class. And so I said, oh, let me sign up. I would, I would love to just like sharpen my skills. And, you know, a few of my friends uh, were already performing with uh, Freestyle Love Supreme and things like that uh, in the academy. And so I said, okay, cool. I'm going to sign up for the class. I, I saw it on Broadway. It was phenomenal. I took the class. I, you know, started working with them. And then the pandemic hit. And it was just as I started getting the ball rolling with Freestyle Love Supreme. Um, and that was a little bit of a devastating moment because I thought, oh, wow, okay, I'm just now starting to get a little bit more traction in my performance career. I'm getting more traction in my improv career and in my you know educational instructional moment. Like, this is the worst timing. What am I going to do? I thought about going to vet school in April of 2020, wow. 24 a minute. Yeah, I really was like, I do I what do we do? I'm I'm not a stagnant person. And so I didn't know what what our future would be holding. Sure. Um, and I was actually approached by Freestyle Love Supreme Academy. We had been having some virtual meetings and you know, there they had a great vision to continue to go virtual. And this was in April. And so we continued moving forward with virtual classes, virtual lessons. People were mastering how to do virtual performances. And by June, we were back up on our feet doing shows. We were back up on our feet uh, coaching lessons and doing things. And I had always coached lessons online for folks, but there was just this whole like disparaging moment, I think that hit all of us when the pandemic started. It just felt like there was no light. And, and even things that I had always done felt like they were impossible to do. But, um, you know, having that little bit of spark of joy from being able to instruct others online really pushed me to continue running on in my personal career. And honestly, in the last, I'd say, you know, 12, 12 months now, uh, my improvisational and freestyling hip hop career has moved tremendously. And, um, only, only, only because I, in April, decided not to go to vet school and still wanted to be an artist. In yeah. 2018, decided I'm going to get a knee replacement because I have a disease and need to fix this, and I'm still going to be an artist. In 2016 or 17, I said, I need new health insurance. I got to get a side office gig to have some sure insurance because I'm running out of equity insurance. In 2015, I said, I'm going to dive into freestyle rapping more and focus on this more. In 2013, I said, after I finish this gig, this tour, I'm not going to just sit around. I'm going to keep auditioning. And I go back to hit all of those points that I, that I blazed through in the last five minutes to say each one of those crossroads is how I got to where I am and what I'm doing right now. And by no means do I think I'm where I need to be or where I want to be, but I at least feel like, okay, as long as you keep running, you can keep moving. And as long as you keep moving, you're either going to move forward or roll backwards. But if you're running swiftly, you'll have lots of friends to catch you as you're falling backwards and help you keep moving forward. I love that. I mean, I just think like, I mean, we've had a couple conversations with you already. And I just think every conversation we've had, I always leave and I'm like, I am ready to take on the world. Like I am so <laughs> like hyped up and like so inspired. And I think that really is reflected in bars, like from everything we've seen. And that's also just what's so cool about it is like, I know like, you know, Sarah and I working on this education team, we've seen a lot of what has been going on in bars, but like, we still have no idea what to expect on opening night. And that's so exciting because you know, like working on Spring Awakening, we're like, okay, well, we know we've seen it already. And like, you know, we, it's going to be the same every night. And like, we've already done all this. So like, it's kind of spoiled for us. But like this, 
it's completely new every time and like it's just i don't know it's just your creativity in this is amazing and we are so excited to see the show Thank you. I'm I I really appreciate that. And honestly, I mean, like, you can call it creativity. I just think I call it crazy. And someone's <laughs> giving me a, a direction sure. to shoot shoot my crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I'm excited. And I think the the really the beautiful part about this is every audience member has the exact same opportunity that we have to help collaborate and create this piece. Yeah. All of the information that we're using will be sourced from audience surveying. So as you receive your ticket, you'll receive a questionnaire that has questions about who you are as a person, about your family, you, you know, your name. You can give an alias if you wouldn't like your name to be shared, different aspects of your personal preferences and places you like to go and things you like to do. And that is the information that's going to populate this show. So each person has a specific opportunity to be a part of a different show four times this weekend. And I can't wait to have that collaborative moment with the artist and the cast. It's going to be so good. So before we go, we're running out of time, but we have the same four questions that we ask everyone that we interview, um, just kind of like off the top of your head, no thinking about it or anything. Our first one is what is your biggest dream currently? My biggest dream currently is to have a variety show on network television. Okay. And what is your favorite and least favorite word? My favorite word is yes, Y-A-S. And my least favorite word is never. Never. Okay. I've, I always heard this one thing. It's like no means yes, but not yet. And I love that. I just, I love that phrase. I think so that's much. like, is that Oprah? I don't know. But I, I love that one. It was well. uh, Kelly O'Hara. She's, it's her okay. song. Uh, yes. You can't be an opera star. I can't remember what the song's called, but like she has a song. Yeah. It's one of the lyrics in that. And I love it. It's like Kelly O'Hara. Wow. She's, she's dropping the facts. <laughs> Work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So our next one is what's next for you in your career? What's next for me in my career? Well, I have a lot of teaching lined up, actually. Sure, um, when when bars ends, I dive right into my youth virtual improv class, Improv Junior, through Off Mic Comedy School for ages 7 to 12, uh, which is a six-week course that I start right into. Um, I'm working on an episodic series called Complexions that begins shooting in April as well. Wow. And I also will be working on a short uh, a horror film in the Cleveland area as I wrap up directing. Wow. So those are the things that are directly on the docket. But like I said, I want that TV show. So yeah. I'm gonna keep keep on running. That's on the decade. <laughs> yeah. Netflix execs listening to this podcast, you know exactly where to find him, which actually leads I to my next in. question. Yeah. Uh, where could everybody find you on social media? Great. So my social media is pretty uniform. Jealous14, J-E-L-L-I-S. Jealous is my hip hop name. J-E-L-L-I-S is my stage name. One4 is my Instagram. I use that as like my base to dive off of and all of my everything comes from there. I also have my website, jcellis.com. J-A-Y-C-Ellis.com. Wow, perfect. Well, Jay, thank you so much for joining us today. And we are so, so, so excited to see the show this weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we loved hearing all about your career and what's next for you. And we're just really excited for bars. Um, so yeah, if you're also really excited for bars, you can purchase your tickets on the Playhouse Square website. And reminder that it will be a different show every night. So you should see it as many times as possible. See you yes, every night. come all four times. Exactly, yeah. come all four times. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So Bars <laughs> runs April 9th through 11th. And again, you can get tickets on the Playhouse Score website. Thanks for joining us, Jay. 
Thank yeah. you, Daniel. Thank you, Sarah. 